Good evening. Merry Christmas to you. Christmas Eve, officially the longest day of the year. If you're 10 years and under, like several of the people that live at my house, they, uh, they announced to me this morning, they're, they're not allowed to wake mom and dad up till 7 tomorrow. So they said that means we'll only have to stay in bed for two hours tomorrow morning awake because they have already, they will be up by 5. Uh, this is the life of a 10 and an 8-year-old. Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, the anticipation and the excitement is real. Uh, and I don't know if in your house there's kind of the different, the different models of opening the gifts, but there certainly are at our house. You know, there's the, uh, the rip and throw model where it looks like a wood chipper is coming through. You know, that there's just things flying in every direction. That there, I've, I've got one of those at my house that will be a ripper and a thrower. There's also the slow folder, you know, just a very, like, I want to make sure that when I pull the tape back, I don't rip the paper because we might be able to use this again next year. You know, the slow folder. There's oftentimes the, uh, the pocket knife master, you know. There's always some package, some box that just can't quite budge, but somebody's always got the pocket knife on them. Usually it's Papa, Grand Bob, somebody, you know. Uh, and so, no matter how we go about it, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of different ways that we'll be going about opening our gifts tomorrow morning. But tonight, what we want to examine, what we want to talk about as we come to the end of our Advent series, is the one true way that we are able to receive the true gift of Christmas. That there may be many ways that you will open presents tomorrow morning, but when it comes to the true miracle of Christmas and the way that that miracle the miracle of God's very presence in and through his son is received, opened, activated. There is, there is a, a proper way. There may be many about that. Our guide, we will have our final, the final woman in the genealogy of Jesus. We have been exploring in this series called Never Too Far Through Advent. We've been examining the different women that Matthew, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, chose to include in the genealogy of Jesus. And what we have, what we have said as we've examined these women and their stories is that there is no one that is, that's ever too far from the grace or the presence or the power of God. That these women are included and each of them have differing stories. We talked about messy family past. We talked about messy past itself. We talked about a great deal of suffering in the story of someone like, like Ruth. We talked about being sinned against in the story of Bathsheba on Sunday. And this, or pardon me, this, this evening we come to the fifth woman in the genealogy of Jesus. A woman that would be easy to think of as insignificant or overlooked culturally speaking the very mother of Jesus, Mary. And as we examine her story together, as we we just kind of zoom in real specifically on this verse that we read tonight and we consider her story in light of that, what we're going to see is the way that Mary received, she was the first recipient, right, of the great miracle of Jesus. She was the bearer of God's own child towards this gift. And the way that she approached it, we can together learn the, the proper way of receiving the true miracle of Christmas. And so we're going to examine the final, the final woman in the genealogy of Jesus, and what we're, going to, what we're going to discover is this. It's simple people, simply submitted, who are able to open the true gift of Christmas. Simple people, simply submitted, 
are able to access the real miracle of Christmas. So let's examine the verse, one verse for us tonight. We're going to make it easy for us. We came to sing some Christmas songs and light some candles and to be reminded of a simple truth. It was Luke verse 1 and 38. What we see is Mary interacting with Gabriel. Gabriel, this grand angel who's come to reveal to her, calling this truth. And at the conclusion of their exchange, Mary says, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And what we see is this, this woman that when Gabriel arrived, he said to you, to Mary, oh, favored one, this really grand introduction that caused her to be startled and to, and to wonder, to be curious, what kind of greeting is this? And throughout the exchange with Gabriel, you can kind of feel like she's wrestling with the high grandeur of this calling because she is insignificant culturally. She's probably 13 or 14 years old. She lives in a small town in Nazareth. She has, has nothing necessarily from the outside looking in that would cause anyone to think, oh, highly favored one. Nothing from the, the standpoint of the flesh, from the moment in history and time, culturally speaking, would cause you to say, this is the favored one. But in the eye of God in this moment, this is the introduction. And if you wrestle with this, she comes to the conclusion in this exchange with Gabriel and, and what she says about herself in response to God's word over her life, whereas he's saying, you're a greatly favored one. Am I getting a new microphone pack? Looky there. Am I just done with this? Great. Perfect. Uh, she says, I'm a servant. The term is actually bond servant. It's a very low word. The way that she views herself is I'm so simple, like unimpressive, easily overlooked. And I just want you to hear tonight, if you've stepped into this space and you feel like, and the, the economy of God or part in, in, in the economy of the world, I'm easily overlooked. Maybe I'm not that impressive, not that important. If you feel that way tonight, I've got great news for you. God of the universe, the creator God, makes a beeline to people who say, I'm just a servant. I'm just, I'm just lowly. In fact, the only people that God can truly use, that he can really meet in power, are simple people. Simple people that are humbled in God's presence. He says that, he actually says that the kingdom of God will be given to those who are like children. He says it's the impoverished of spirit that will inherit all. He says it's the hungry that he will fill, it's the brokenhearted that he will heal, that God has a heart for simple people. And see, he comes to Mary in power saying, I have a heart for simple people, and you recognize, she just says, I am just a servant before God. I am the Lord's servant. Now, to the impressive in the room, to those of you who'd say, you know what, if the angel were to come and say, oh, highly favored one, I would go, yeah, that makes sense. I think that's probably the right, that's probably the right banner over my life. Let me say this to you. Uh, beware. There are right ways, and I mean, there are many ways to open your presence on Sunday morning, but there's only one way to access the power and the grace and the gift of God, and it's by coming lowly and simple. To those that are impressive, to those that have chest puffed out saying, look at all that I am, that sort of 
posture cannot access the miracle that God has for us at Christmas. He, and in fact, if we were to examine the whole of the Christmas story, what we would find is this. The impressive, the positioned, the powerful, they missed everything that was happening. It happened in their own backyard, and they missed it. They stayed six miles down the road in Jerusalem trying to posit, protect their position and their power, and they missed what was happening in Bethlehem and a little stable. Because God didn't come for the impressive. He came for the simple. I remember there were, there were two distinct moments separated by a year in my life. One where I, I, I felt like I should have felt so close to God, but I ended up feeling really cold and distant. And one where I would have expected to feel really distant, but he felt so near. And it, for me, illumined this reality. I actually, at 17, I had the invitation, the opportunity to go to Africa. And I got to travel with a small group. And I wasn't prepared for it or expecting it, but I ended up being asked to, to preach, which I had never done. And I ended up preaching to really large crowds. And I was so impressed with myself. I came back from this trip thinking I was a favored one of God. And quite frankly, I was insufferable. <laughs> like in the coming months and really over the next year of my life, I think I did more damage relationally in the lives around me because I was pretty important in God's economy. And the truth was that I, I had lost sight of the fact that, that God doesn't need any one of us, and he hasn't come to use the gifted or the powerful and the impressive. He's looking for the humble and the lowly, the empty, those who are ready to be filled. And a year later, God showed up in my life in a really profound way, in a moment where I was broken by my sin, I was alone and laid low, and he, like very real presence, came and met me. And I knew not that I was impressive, but that I was lowly and needy, and that he saw me and he loved me. And what was unlocked in that moment transformed my life. The truth is, for us to really receive the gift of Christmas, we have to be simple people. And so the invitation to us is we come to Christmas and the end of the year, we start to, to look beyond this year, 2020, that quite frankly, many of us are ready to just say, say la vie to 2020, right? Like we're ready to give our, our fond farewell and move on. And as we turn the calendar page and we look towards 2021 and begin to dream of what God has for us, Seven Mile Road, my invitation to, to you is this. Let's be unimpressed with ourselves. Let's cultivate together a grand vision of God, reminding ourselves together, rehearsing it week in and week out, his grace and kindness and grandeur, the great gift that he's bringing only to humble people. And together, let's be simple people, unimpressed with ourselves, ready to be filled in fresh and full ways. Because the first critical component to rightly accessing the miracle of Christmas is you have to be a simple person. You have to be a simple person. Honest, humble, self-forgetfulness. It was what paves the way to God's presence. You see, Mary said, I am a servant of the Lord. But that's not all. The second reality that unfolds, it's not just that she was a simple person, but she was simply submitted. The second half of verse 38, if you look back with me at 38b, it says this. Let it be to me according to your word. 
Now, if you'll recall, this is a story that's familiar to all of us, but when we just inhabit the emotion of it, the reality of it, Mary just received a word from Gabriel that is going to transform every part of her life. Everything she's ever dreamed that life will be like, everything that she has allowed herself to hope for, that this word, if she submits to it, will transform all that she has known. Gabriel has said, the Holy Spirit is going to overpower you and you are going to bear a child. Though you are a virgin, though you are yet to be married to this Joseph that you are betrothed to, you are going to be with child and you are going to bear God's own son. Yeshua shall be his name. He shall be the savior of the world and he shall ascend to the throne of David forever. Here is this high calling that if she says yes to this, if she leans in, if she receives this calling to, to actually bear Christ, to be filled with Jesus, it will reorder the whole of her life. It will cost her. It will transform her journey. And what she says in response is, let it be to me according to your word. Such powerful submission. It's interesting, uh, commentary on this passage by William Barclay, this is what he says. He says, to be chosen by God so often means at one and the same time a crown of joy and a cross of sorrow. The piercing truth is that God does not choose a person for ease and comfort and selfish joy, but for a great task that will take all the head and heart and hand can bring to it. God chooses a person to use that person. He goes on to say, a great modern preacher has said, Jesus Christ came not to make life easy, but to make men and women great. It is the paradox of blessedness that it confers on a person at one and the same time the greatest joy in all the world and the greatest task in all the world. What he's saying is this, that to respond to the call of Jesus is to say, my whole life submitted to this true king and it will never be the same. One of the the most encouraging moments of 2020 for me was a call I got from a friend about six or eight weeks ago. This is a friend that I had met probably about 18 months ago, and our paths had crossed because in a, a mutual friend had introduced us when he was at a very, very low point. And so he and I started to meet, and I invited him to start reading the scriptures with me. He committed to read the Bible every day for a month as we would meet and then we would pray together and talk about the scriptures that he had read. And at the end of that month, God had met him. And he prayed and he said, I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. He repented of his sin and he invited Jesus to save him and to live in him. It was one of those beautiful moments that, where, where you actually get to see eternity step into the here and now. And after this interaction with him, we, we continued to spend some time together, but because of distance where he was living and the work that he was doing and some things going on, he wasn't able to worship with us and he was settling in in a different community. And so kind of our, our paths began to diverge and then COVID hit and it had been nearly a year since we had connected. And he called me and what he said is this, I know we haven't talked and I know that maybe at points you've been worried about me, but what I want you to know is this. The work that God started, he has continued. And it has touched every part of my life. 
He said, though 2020 has been really hard, I haven't gone back to the old ways and the old relationships, and in fact, I'm living a whole new life, and I just wanted you to know that the God that I met is continuing to tend to me. And what I realized in talking to my friend is this, that when simple people simply submit, it will touch every area of our life. It will reorder our lives. Nothing will ever be the same, but what we begin to unwrap, what we begin to unlock is the true and the great miracle of Christmas. You see, the word that Mary had received was his name will be Yeshua, which means the Lord saves. He has come to rescue. And then the angels run and they grab the shepherds on the night when, when Mary had labored and given birth to Jesus. And the word from the, those same angels to the shepherds was glory to God in the highest and peace on earth, goodwill towards men. And the shepherds came running in out of breath to behold the baby in a manger. And they told everyone what they had heard. Here's what the angels told me. And it says in the text that Mary stored it all up. She pondered it in her heart, thinking, Yeshua, God saves on the throne. Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth. And she began to meditate and ponder. And what she was beginning to realize was that she was the recipient of the first great miraculous gift of Christmas. You see, when you get a great gift at Christmas, you begin to rehearse what it does, the value of it, the benefit of it. Every year at Christmas time, there's these commercials where, where the, the loving couple gets the, the car for each other, the matching cars. You know, I think this year, the one that I've seen many times, maybe it's because it was playing during college football games, is the matching GMC, like the truck and the SUV. And, and it's this idea of we get this great present, and it's like, look, mine has leather seats, and they're heated, and it's four by four. You know, like we're, we're celebrating, we're rehearsing the benefits of this gift. The great gift of Christmas. Oh, that our hearts would believe it. That as Mary holds this baby, as she hears this word from the shepherds, as she considers what the angels have proclaimed, the reality is this, that bound up in this little one, the presence of God has come near. And all the love, power, and grace, and forgiveness of the divine is available. And it will actually unwind the brokenness and the heartache that when we think about these four candles that we have lit, symbolic of, of hope and joy and love and peace, as we think about these realities, we realize that God has ripped the heavens and come down and saying, it really is available even in 2020. Hope and joy and love and peace, the great gift of Christmas. But hear me, friends. This great gift is only available to simple people who will simply submit. It's only available to those that will say, I'm unimpressed with myself, but I have seen the glory of God in the highest, and I actually think it spells peace for men and women on earth. And I have come to say, Jesus, you can have it all. I will submit to you. You gave everything for me, not just being humbled to become a baby, but being humbled to die on the cross, paying the price for my sin, and then coming back to life to secure victory and healing and eternal life. And we say, you truly have accomplished all. You are the great gift, and I will submit to you. You see, it's only simple people simply submitted those sorts of men and women will unwrap the great gift of Christmas. 
And so the invitation is this. If you've never opened the great gift of Christmas, ah, that you would mark this day. That by the power of the Spirit, you would have eyes to see the love of God for you even in the places where you feel overlooked or insignificant, knowing that God loves and makes a beeline to the simple. And he says, I've loved you and I've come for you. And to those of you who have said yes to Jesus previously, would you make it the case that as we celebrate Christmas tomorrow morning, as we turn the calendar and step into a new year, that you would be willing to, to take a posture of simplicity and wholehearted submission saying in the coming year, I want more of the presence, the power, the hope and love and joy and peace of Christ. I am yours. That we like Mary might say, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. And may your word, may it happen according to your word to me. Let us be those sorts of men and women to the glory of God and for the peace of men. Amen. Let me pray for us. So God, we ask that we would be the sort of men and women that rightly receive the gift of Christmas. Whether we're rippers or folders, that we, when it comes to the most important gift, would be simple people, simply submitted, receiving all that you have for us in the Lord Jesus. Jesus, thank you. Would you even just say it in your own heart? Jesus, thank you that you left the glories and the comforts of heaven to become a little exposed and vulnerable baby. And then you continued to walk in humility and exposure even to the point of death and death on a cross. Who is like you? You truly are the great gift and we want to receive you with whole hearts. I pray that each man and woman who can hear my voice even now would do so by faith and that we would experience the joys that come with it. We bless you. We praise you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.